Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We've got a lot of things to break down today, starting with John Morant's return to the Grizzlies, but some Grizzlies fans prefer he was not back. We'll get into that in just a moment. But first, Keith, I've been in the middle of a lot of Lakers stuff today, so I wasn't able to switch my background over. So what I did was I wore a green shirt for you to try to balance <laughs> things out. But as I'm saying this, I'm realizing this is my green shirt that a lot of people were complaining was not green enough. I promise in real life it's greener than this, but with my grayish background, it kind of gets grayed out a little bit. But uh, but I'm trying. That's what I'm saying. That's the main point here. I'm trying to balance out the Lakers-centric stuff just for you. We're going to get you some Kelly green, the, the official colors <laughs> of the Celtics. So uh, I'll get you one cent. It can sit at the bottom of your drawer and be brought out maybe uh, once or twice a year. Uh, <laughs> at most, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, get, get, uh, we're, we're in the throes of COVID out absences mm -hmm. and COVID call-ups and all these things going on. And in between that, we get what should have been good news, John Grant yeah. back. Everybody should have been excited. And yet some Memphis Grizzlies fans are yelling at him that the team was better off without him and that he should sit out again. It's crazy because John Morant, like John Morant is one of the brightest young stars in this league. I am so excited for this guy's future. He reminds me a bit of, we've talked about this, almost like a young Steve Francis, maybe a little bit of Allen Iverson mixed in at times. He is absolutely phenomenal. And I don't think there's any way you can look at this Grizzlies team and say, oh, they're realistically better without John Moran. I don't think that is the case at all. Now, they did lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is not a good team. And so, of course, there's going to be fan frustration with that. 102 to 99, they lost. but And they had been playing really well without Jaw. But I don't th think those two, two things are linked. I don't think Jaw being out equals Grizzlies are a better team. I think it just happened to be on this night they lost when, when Jaw came back. And I don't think that's the kind of thing you take out on your franchise star. No, absolutely not. It's really ridiculous, too, when this is a guy, he's in a small market, he seems very happy in yeah. that small market, seems to want to be there, and yet these these people are getting all over him and, you know, saying things. And, and I thought it was good for him to kind of come out and call it out where he said normally when people say negative things, it fires him up, it gets him mm -hmm. ready to go. And he said this time hearing it from his own home, home fans, it, it hurt. And then uh, after the game, he then proceeded to uh, go to Twitter, at least. I don't know if he also is on Instagram or anywhere else, but said, hey, I'm going to shut it down for a little while. I'll see mm -hmm. you when I see you. Anybody who needs to get in touch with me knows how. And that is that's sad. Yeah, we 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 one don't chase players away from your markets. This is really ridiculous. But two, I mean, this guy's your superstar guy. Like he's shown nothing but the signs of making that leap this year. He's he's been absolutely mm -hmm. terrific. And yet here you are ripping him because you lost a game, you know, to, to the Thunder. I get it. It's a bad loss. Mm -hmm. But every single team has at least one, probably multiple bad losses on their ledger uh this year. So we it, it, this is just, you know, this is behavior of you know, epic stupidity proportions and good for John Morant for kind of calling out that like, Hey, we hear this and like, this sucks. I don't want to hear this. It hurts. No, and it's not like John was terrible on the night. 16 points, six no. boards, eight assists, two steals did have four turnovers. So that, you know, that's not great there, but still, he, you know, he put up some decent stats. Uh, he was a plus two so on the night. So that means that you were winning more than you were losing, yeah. not by a ton, but you're winning more than you're losing than when he was on the court. And like you said, big picture, this is your, your guy. 
This is your franchise star that you were able to find in, in the draft. And, and you can argue maybe he should have been now looking at things, the, the number one pick in the draft. He's absolutely incredible. You shouldn't be trying to drive this guy away or making him in any, in any, any way feel unwelcomed by that fan base. And you mentioned John, yep. you know, putting it out there, many, mentioning how he was feeling, shutting it down on Twitter. I think that's great for him. We saw Kyle Kuzma had to do the same thing with the Lakers. Lakers fans, every time he did anything, people were jumping in his mention saying, when are you going to get traded? We're going to send you here. We're going to send you there. He finally just stopped. He got off of Twitter for a while, shut it down. Um, in fact, I think he even, even disabled his account for a bit because the fans became just too much to bear. And uh, I sure hope things don't go that way with Job ja because he really is an incredible young player. And I think in terms of on the court, it is an adjustment. It's a, When you take a star level player and you put him into a team, it's an adjustment to get reused to playing with that player. So you'd expect there to be a few speed bumps here and there, maybe a little bit of choppy play as the team now readjusts to Job ja being back. But there was a point when we, where we feared John might be done for the season. Yeah. And yet here he is all the way back. That should be celebrated and understand that maybe there's some bumps in the road early, but it's still a great thing for this franchise that he's back. Yeah, 100%. And, and I don't want to hear the people saying this is, you know, all oh, these guys get paid millions of dollars. They should be tougher than this and blah, 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 blah. None of that stuff matters. I mean, if, if people say hurtful things to you, it hurts. Mm -hmm. it, it, last I checked, uh, you know, it doesn't check your bank account but before that. It's it's a, you know, one of those things. Now, I'm not saying feel bad for these guys and cry by no. any means. I, that's not it either. But we just don't need to have a bunch of people, you know, screaming and yelling at guys and saying, you know, the awful things that they say. And, you know, th this is, uh, you know, one, you're right when you buy a ticket is you can boo, you can cheer. We don't have the right to just, you know, say anything you want to players. And then social media, you know, that's made everybody mm -hmm. but he a tough guy. I forget who it was, but it was, uh, you know, social media, Twitter and Facebook have made everybody uh, willing to say things they wouldn't say in person because in person they get you punched in the mouth. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some some truth to that. But, yeah, you know, treat, treat John Morant well, Memphis, because if you lose him because of things like this, you only have yourselves to blame. Yeah, I mean, look, NBA history is littered with players who suddenly felt disconnected from their market. And then wound up leaving. I mean, look, you go back to the, the infamous one, Shaq in, in Orlando, where that, that newspaper poll went out and he felt slighted. And then he wound up going to the Lakers because mm -hmm. of that, or in part because of that. So there's um, there's definitely some precedent here where you want to make sure that you you treat your star well because you know, especially a guy like John Morant, because you know he's given everything he can to make this team as good as possible. And overall, this has been a very good season for the Memphis Grizzlies sitting at 19 and 13 now's not the time to drive a wedge between your franchise star and the city. All right. Well, the next thing we wanted to get into was Christmas day. Uh, one of the uh, kind of tent pole days on the NBA calendar. It's always a fun day, five games, games on from basically noon Eastern all the way uh, well into the night that, that that's been a change. I think when we were, when we were younger guys, I want to say it was probably two games. I think there was like a double yeah. header. And at some point they added a third game and then a few years back, they added the, the night games and everything. So it's a, uh, you know, it's it's great, especially on the East Coast for me, because we're a, a Christmas lunch family. So we get mm. up, we do gifts and then we do lunch and then off we go. So that uh, you know, generally works out pretty good for me because uh, a lot of times it's the Knicks in that noon game. And uh, that's a good time to, to kind of pop in and out. <laughs> while <you> eat, <laughs> and then, then you settle in for the rest of the day. But yeah, it's uh, the news today, though, 
little ominous, a little, yeah. little scary. Uh, Shams and Woj kind of each uh, tweeting portions of this. Shams tweeted at first that there's contingencies, and then mm-hmm. Woj added a little more color to it. Of It sounds like what they're saying is not necessarily teams added to the schedule, which that would be probably too hard to pull off by yeah. anybody's uh you know, account there, but just if games need to be canceled, that team, the 10 teams playing in those five games have been uh, warned that they may move games around on the schedule with the idea of keeping the uh, two to about eight o'clock window uh, full of games. And then right. the, um, the late night game and then the early afternoon games may, may be sacrificed so far, no indications that'll happen and happen. It seems like all uh, those games are going to go on as scheduled, but those games are going to go on as scheduled. Definitely without some of the uh, key stars that right. we're hoping to see. Well, and you know, the NBA, I mean, this is the big day, right, for the NBA. This is, or one of, I should say, their biggest days of the year. And there's a lot of people who look at Christmas Day as the start of the NBA season, right? And it, obviously it's not. We were close mm-hmm. to it last year. We were close to that being the start of the NBA season last year, but um, it's not. But there's still a lot of people. This is where they start to really focus in on the NBA. So they understand how important this day is. So there has to be contingencies. This doesn't mean they're expecting to cancel games, but if they aren't planning just in case, they're making a giant mistake. You have to have some type of plan in place just in case you have to go down that path where games are not able to be played and you can shift things around in order to maximize your viewership. Because again, this is what draws in a lot of the casual fans and then gets them hooked in the NBA for potentially the rest of the season. So very important that they do have this in place um again i wouldn't take this as a sign that oh my gosh games are going to be canceled but they have to plan ahead they have to be prepared just in case yeah and the nba is competing with the nfl this year yes. too there are nfl games on christmas day so that that's another thing to to factor in here they want to make sure that they they do have uh, games being played in those windows so uh mention some absences we are we are not going to attempt to run through all the players and health and safety protocols. Oh. Uh, we're up around a hundred just in the la- in this month of December alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them in the last couple of weeks. What we will run through though is uh, more signings. So the last one we got yesterday was Nick Stauskas. When we last one we got when we recorded. Yep, I should say that one broke uh, shortly before we finished recording. Uh, that was the he was the 28th player to get a hardship uh, deal this season. Since then there have been 13 or excuse me 12 more uh, signed just uh, uh, yesterday and today, or at least reported on. Um, so let's let's run through those real quick. Chris Silva. And Ray John Tucker to the Minnesota Timberwolves, a couple of guys who have been on and off NBA rosters in the last uh, uh, couple of years. Uh, George King to the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas uh, loading up with um, players uh, on hardships here mm-hmm. as they added uh, Marquise Chris, Theo Pinson. Now they're going to add George King. Orlando Magic, Tim Frazier, veteran guard. He's been uh, on a whole bunch of different teams. Uh, he's going to join the Orlando Magic. They also officially signed Freddie Gillespie and they have their four other guys. So six players on hardship deals uh, for the Orlando magic and guys, I'm just going in order of uh, that. These came in, not, not any order of impact or names. Cause otherwise this guy would have been at the top of the list. Lance Stevenson going to make an NBA return with the guitars. The three yeah, guitars back, yeah, you know, bring them back. Uh, you know, and then, uh, 
Somebody said, too, he may, depending on how long he sticks in Atlanta, may make it to a game against LeBron James and the Lakers. Maybe we'll give him a little little uh, sweet nothings in his ear. That'd be fun. Again, like he did back in the day. <laughs> uh, Zylan Cheatham to the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, c- coming up, another guy who's been on and off rosters. Tremont Waters, former two-way player with the Boston Celtics. He's going to join the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Ade Merke. Uh, going to the Sacramento Kings. He was in camp with the Kings and now uh, was playing in the G League. Malcolm Hill, he's been a guy on the fringes of NBA rosters. He's also going to join the Hawks. Chicago Bulls, well, let's come back to the Bulls. I'm going to go to somewhere else and then come back to the Bulls. Yeah. Jordan Shakel to the Washington Wizards. Um, you know, He's a shooter, one of the G League's best shooters. He'd been with Washington in camp. And then the Bulls adding a couple guys as they've still got players out. Veteran forward, this one just came through. Just came out. Rasan Ilyasova. Yeah. Uh, it's going to join the Bulls. And then one that I know you want to talk about a little uh-huh. bit, Mac McClung of the South Bay Lakers, who is in uh, camp with the Lakers, thought at one point in time he might get a two-way uh, with the Lakers as well. Uh, he is also going to join the Chicago Bulls on a hardship call-up. So I've had a few questions about this, about Mac McClung, because Lakers fans obviously are going to react because he was a South Bay Laker. He was a guy that a lot of fans were excited to see during the Las Vegas Summer League. And uh, obviously, this is not the only Laker that the Chicago Bulls have claimed. I mean, Stanley Johnson was another one that was on the South Bay Lakers that the Chicago Bulls went and got. And then, of course, we can mention, you know, our guy, Alex Caruso. But <laughs> um, but that's obviously a totally different category. So with this situation, with a guy like, like say, Mac McClung, I think it's important that we remember, because I've seen Lakers fans already that are saying, well, why didn't the Lakers just sign him? Or why? It depends on roster spots. That's something that's important. But also remember, guys that are on G League teams, they're not committed to any particular team. You can be grabbed by any team in the NBA. And the reason for that is because you want these guys. Ultimately, the G League, the goal of it is to develop players to be brought up to the NBA. And so if you have an entire G League squad that is restricted to just the parent club, that limits the number of opportunities for said player to actually get called up and become an NBA player. So from the player's perspective, you want to have the ability to go anywhere. And that's why the G League is set up the way that it is and why you've got the Chicago Bulls are able to come over to the South Bay Lakers team and grab a player off of there. So I think that first and foremost is important to understand. This isn't the Bulls cheating or anything like that or anything shady going on. This is set up the way it is. And there's a reason why it's set up this way too. Yeah, and there's a reason for both the player and team sides why sometimes they don't just call the player right up mm-hmm. to their their roster. Sometimes with the team side, it may be you haven't needed a different position. You don't need a, a point guard and yeah. the guy's a point guard. Maybe you need a big or vice versa or something like that. Also, sometimes with the player side, they look at it and say, you know, I might have a better chance to really, if I show something, stick. With, with this team. Maybe they have an open roster spot. Maybe they have a player on a non-guarantee. Maybe they have a guy on a two-way who's shaky. Uh, we, we see this. So if they, these guys are free agents. They're free to choose whatever teams they want. Uh, I've been talking to people a lot this week, uh, really starting over the weekend and into mm-hmm. the beginning part of the week here, just about what are you what are you looking at with agents and those kind of things and like opportunity are they going to go and just be a practice player and a break 
break glass right. in case of emergency guy, or is it going to be they're going to actually get in the game and play and those kind of things? And then also, you know, what's the long term? Do we think there might be a chance at a real call up later uh, with that team? Or what does it look like? Uh, and then some are proximity. Maybe they're closer to home. Maybe they're closer to somewhere they want to be. Those kind of things. There, there's a lot of stuff that factors in, into this. And then from the team side, it's a lot of like, what can this guy do to help us if we need him? You know, and that that's the the other thing that factors in. So the, these are not uh, simple decisions. I talked to one uh, agent of a player who has been signed. I don't want to say who it is, but they had 15 teams reach out to them and say, hey, we're interested. You know, what do you think about a hardship? So that's kind of where, where this mm-hmm. is at. The, these guys can be pretty choosy right now. It's a lot like the uh, undrafted players at the end of the draft where everybody's angling, hey, we want to get you in a camp. We want to get you mm-hmm. on a two-way, whatever it is. And a lot of these players are like, yeah, well, let me see. Let me pick, you know, the situation I think is best for me. That's what's going on right now. Well, and it goes the other way too. Doc Rivers mentioned this, I believe it was last night, that he had former players <laughs> calling him up saying, hey, Want to sign me on a hardship exception? I'd like to. I'd like to jump back into things, and uh, he made a little joke out of it and everything. But but that's not a surprise either. Guys who have been trying to get back in the league are now seeing opportunities, and so they're making calls too. Yeah. Like, hmm, where could I potentially land? Um, another angle to this. So let's say Jason Terry. Sorry, Jason oh, yeah. Terry doing work with the Grand Rapids Gold. Isaiah Thomas, Lance Stevenson, about uh, both getting called up. There was somebody else too who was with them. Who gosh, who was a um, now I gotta gotta oh Nick Stauskas mm-hmm. was with that team. Uh, that team also has Mario Chalmers on it right now. So uh, yeah, if you're you're a former NBA vet and you want to get back, get with Jason Terry and the Grand Rapids Gold, the Nuggets affiliate, because apparently they're they're getting work done to get these guys back in the league. Hey, Jason Terry says I played a million years in the NBA, so other guys can too. <laughs> Come on back. Sure veterans um one other thing with this mac mcclung thing his 10-day contract expires let's say that that occurs um when that happens then what is he is he then free to join any let's say it doesn't he doesn't stick with an nba team what are his options at that point yeah so the south bay lakers retain his g league rights. Mm-hmm. so if he re-signs with the g league and that's an important thing to remember these te- these players sign with the league itself and then they are allocated or picked up by the teams uh versus signing with an individual g league team but so let's say he returns back to the g league that is what will happen in 99 percent of these cases with these players that will return back to the g league mm-hmm. uh, if that's where they were probably previously playing prior to this 10-day call-up uh he goes back to south bay unless for some reason they don't want him and they're like all right we'll, we'll work a trade Let, let's say the bulls fall in love with him and the bulls are like man we really want him on windy city their uh, g league team then maybe south bay and windy city work a trade where it's hey we'll send them there you trade us this guy and off we go those happen very regularly but more likely he'll just return back to South Bay. Every once in a while what happens with one of these guys, if they don't stick in the NBA, a uh, overseas club sees, hey, wow, they looked actually pretty good with the NBA team. We, we've got room for them. And then they'll offer a deal, which is generally more, um, uh, you know, works better pay. It's it's more financially uh, viable for the players that they're going to make more money. And then that turns into the player heading off uh, overseas. But those are, you know, one out of every 25, 30 or so. So it, it's, it's pretty unlikely. Right, right. And then uh, just to update the situation that we talked about yesterday at the end of the show, when it was announced that uh, Mason Jones was signing a two-way contract with the Lakers that came from uh, Shams Charania, uh, we all said, we speculated, okay, well, who's getting waived then? It's either Chandy Brown or Jay Huff. Uh, Chandy Brown, just a little bit ago, uh, one hour ago now, tweeted, Welp, 
dot, 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 dot. So uh, perhaps, perhaps a little ominous there for Chandy Brown. Perhaps he lost his spot in the, hey, the two-way. My guess is that's the Lakers saying Jay Huff is a seven-foot center, and mm-hmm. we're just getting Dwight Howard back uh, out of the protocols, mm-hmm. and we want to maybe be a little bit protected there. That would just be my guess. You know, that's an, that's another thing we should mention, Keith, is a lot of people are concerned, and, and rightfully so, about what's going on, everything within health and safety protocols, the number of players who are in it. I, I saw the number is now over 100 for the month of December mm-hmm. uh, that yep. have gone into health and safety protocols. Obviously, that's... That's a lot. That's I mean, the NBA was preparing for there to be an increase in health and safety protocols players, but I don't know if they had in their minds this it was going to be this many players. Uh, but we are also starting to see players come out of health and safety protocols. And we're starting, we talked about DeMar DeRozan yesterday. Now we've got Taylor Horton Tucker. We've got Dwight Howard today. We've got a number of other players that are starting to come out of health and safety protocols and rejoin their rosters. So when people say, you know, what's the end goal here for the NBA? Well, the hope is that players will start to come out of health and safety protocols and eventually the number of players exiting the protocols will exceed the number of players going into it. And eventually, hopefully within, again, we said they're going to revisit the current rules as of January 19th. Hopefully by that point, you have enough players coming out of protocols to where you don't have to be in this emergency situation, sign healthy bodies so you can play these games as of that point and you can move on from there. Yeah, the vast majority of players are clearing within the 10-day window, and then it's usually somewhere between two and five days after that that guys need for kind of reconditioning, get themselves back up to shape occasionally if if a player was really ill. It might take a few days longer than that. Uh, Some guys like DeMar DeRozan are coming out, and they're ready to go, and he's ready to you know hit the ground running. So it really just kind of depends. So generally, if a player gets put in the protocols, it's a minimum of a 10-day absence barring uh you know consecutive negative tests yes. 24 hours apart or false positive or whatever the case is there so what you're looking at is all right so now we've got our uh, guys coming out of these um or going into them rather let me rephrase going into the protocols generally most teams are preparing for it to be about a two-week absence yeah is what they're looking at so that's kind of why they're looking at these 10 days as all right we're probably going to sign the guy if the guy works out we'll sign him to a second one and then off we go because then by the time our guy is ready to come back we're ready where we've got a good full roster and, and i know there are teams that are looking at this as uh hey if we're going through it now maybe it's not the worst thing because maybe we'll go through it later so we're gonna see where where this goes but i mean we've seen now a couple players get put in it twice this yeah. year without it being false positives. And, and we're, we're still learning and figuring this out. And as there's variants and everything else out there, right. it all, you know, it's kind of just a day, day by day thing that we've got to kind of sort through and figure out. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the, the world we're living in right now. And the NBA has made it clear. They're going to do everything they can to just push through and figure out a way to, uh, to still get things done. Uh, Keith, anything else we need to talk about before we, we wrap up here? Yeah, it's just kind of interesting. Woj just tweeted, uh, yeah. NBA Today host Malika Andrews will interview Adam Silver today at 3 p.m. So that's about a half hour from now Ooh. when we're recording. Uh, so by the time most everyone listens to this, uh, that'll be uh, well since done. But yeah, that's interesting to see. So I know I'll be tuning in. If there's anything groundbreaking, we'll uh, we'll come back to you and talk about it here. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure he's going to have a bit to say about everything that's uh, that's going on right now. 
All right, everybody. Uh, we do appreciate all the support that we've been getting here on the NBA Front Office YouTube channel, as well as as many people have been listening to the NBA Front Office podcast version. So please make sure you do subscribe, turn on those notifications. Uh, we do appreciate it. Again, this has been a, a labor of love, and uh, we, we certainly appreciate all the support that we've been getting here. Uh, make sure you guys are following Keith on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. Tons, tons of great stuff there. You guys can find me at Trevor underscore Lane. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.